Today on Talk About That, John has trouble describing himself in an interview and consults his inner committee. Meanwhile, the Vols break the curse against Florida, and I accidentally write the premise for a new sitcom. Plus, a conversation about vulnerability, community, and what comedians and cavemen have in common. Today's episode is not sponsored by Listerine. That burning sensation in your gums lets you know it's working. It's go time. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. They said it couldn't be done, and here we are doing it yet again. Let's talk about that. I'm John with Johnny. No one said it couldn't be done, John. People have been really supportive. They should have said it. Someone needs to say it. It's not too late. You know, do you ever wonder, like, do you ever get ashamed because you can't quit? What do you mean? Like, do you, like, keep going That I'm too legit to quit? I'm too, too legit. That you're like, uh, yeah. like, sometimes I'll keep going in good things, but it's like they're not doing that great. Diminishing returns, yeah, as it were. You get those people out there like, you know what, man, I just want to make sure I'm focused on the one thing. Yeah. I want to be on the one thing. And yeah. on that one thing, I just put everything else as just distraction. I just put it to the side. I'm like, I don't do that very well. Yeah. Like, I just stick with all the or things. Or like knowing and- when to quit something. Didn't C.S. Lewis have a quote about like, Everybody wants progress, but if you're going the wrong way, the most progressive man is the one who turns back soonest. Mm. You know, come on, guys. Like, you got to know when you're like, this isn't progress anymore. And that's a wrap. Guys, we're out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you were saying that was where I was like, it didn't even rhyme. That's not a, <laughs> you don't know anything about rap at all. I don't think you know how C.S. Lewis rapped. Yeah. Um, Hip hop legend C.S. Lewis, of course. Yes, of course. No, I mean, it's it's very true. That's what I'm saying. I don't know when to turn around often. Um, on that breach. The Six has the inner committee. Like, you have, have all these different voices going on. It's, everyone the, has that. Is it an itty-bitty inner committee? <laughs> <laughs> it is. That that could be a title for a book right there. Wow. Yeah. They don't, <laughs> they don't feel that itty-bitty. Uh, yeah. But when they – you ever seen those commercials? Like yes. the one for the um, – it's real estate, and she's shopping for a house – and she walks in this boardroom, and there's like a table full of herself. Oh, and she's no, like, all right, po- positive me. Let's get a take. She's like, I think I could really work out, you know. And like, <laughs> and it's like, what about worried me? It's like, well, have you thought about all the, you know? Of course, we knew you're going to say that. Like, it's just very funny. They all start chanting me, me at the end. It comes back out, and she's at her phone clicking, you know, applying for a home loan or something, you know. But it's I feel all it's very like, yeah, it, just, it scratches that itch of 
everything being about you. Well, but what it's saying is, is inside there's yeah, all there's these, a, and there's actually a bunch of commercials when you start looking like that. There's also a Nissan commercial where there's four of her riding in the same car. One of her has like glasses on. She's like, and she's the nerd. Her. Oh, it, it fills all the roles of your personality. Right. It's like, you know, what, where's the Wi-Fi? you know, in here? What's the password? Right. You know, and the other person's like, yeah, remember when we did this? And she's all the fun one. And so like the, the Nissan Rogue or whatever, it gives you all those. Yeah. It, it touches all the parts. Checks all the boxes. Right. Yeah, I huh. have those things, and I don't know. Like, it's hard to know which one of those parts to listen to. So, um, I don't know if you ever feel that way. Some of you think we should quit the podcast, and we're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. There's a part of me that says you can't stop me. We're the nerd in the Nissan Rogue, right? We refuse. That's the only part we have. We're not any fun, but we're not going to stop, right? We're just going to keep badgering you with these yeah. recordings. But to be honest with you, it's kind of on you. Because if you're hearing That's this true. right now, you chose to listen. So. <laughs> it sounds like a will. If you're hearing this right now, something awful has happened. <laughs> yeah, I actually went to a meeting. I don't know if I talked to you about this. I went to a meeting with uh, some really amazing people that do like platform development for mm-hmm. authors and different people. Yeah. Spent, I had like a two-hour work session on this whole idea. And I'm like, and not in a good way, I'm like the worst nightmare for these folks because they they always start in a and I'm very suspicious of it like okay I want you to we're going to make this one sentence John John helps X oh I'm going to sum you up do Y yeah through the process of Z Whew. let's now what is the thing what is the thing what if you just went yes <laughs> that's exactly how I would put it and I'm gonna, I use letters the last letters of the alphabet. That's how I help. People. Right. I help X all the time. It's if you're on great. Sesame Street, that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> I used X to help Y and accomplish Z. Yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs> um, and they, it, I'll put it this way. We needed the full two hours. Like it, it, I was like. Because you do so much. Is that what you're no, saying to me? I can't put myself. I, yeah. It feels inauthentic to uh-huh. the committee. To like just this go, feels like they were really exhausted. With oh, you by probably the end of this two hours. Well, I really like these guys. <laughs> guys, how long do you have? Because um, when do. you're talking about what I do, <laughs> it really wasn't like that at all. I was like, guys, I don't do probably anything well, but I, I don't. It feels like I'm denying some part of me. Yeah. To just say what I do is as I just write. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't just. That's not all I do. Or even to say hey, I just write about racism. Well, I don't do that. Right. Like as a collaborator, I write about a thousand different things um, or I, I just help people as a pastor. Well, that's not the only thing. Obviously, I don't help a lot of people. No. Um, you know, if you've listened to last episode, some people think I'm not even a Christian when I'm because of my pastor. Uh, and then like, or I just do a podcast about what? Well, mm-hmm. about that. Like we right. intentionally have an open-ended yeah. conversation. and. I spent my life trying to nail down what those things were in order to fit into those kinds of sentences, you know, and it, it doesn't, not only does it not work if I mm-hmm. do just pick one thing and try to focus on it. So you would say that you're a mile wide and an inch deep. Is that what you're going to say, John? That's what I'm going to say. Hey, you're... they did come up with a name, a term for me. Okay. Well, one, I, and I even used, I even dropped the Bible on them. They're, they're believers. I was like, hey, okay, how would this sentence work out for David? Look, I'm no David. I'm not close to David. I'm just right. saying, like, how would you diagram David uh-huh. in this sentence? Well, you can't just say David is a what? He helps who? I mean, David is a shepherd. David is a king. David is a lover. David is a poet. Uh, David is. Did a, you tell those people that you were a lover? A warrior. 
Guys, Did you? I'm all these things. <laughs> Especially I that third one. David. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not broken to Whitney Houston. It's all in me. <laughs> Anything you won't run now, I'll do it naturally. It got weird. They were I like, don't probably call did. us. We're gonna we're gonna really chew on this for a while. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're gonna see a lot of other people who secured, don't call themselves lovers. You know that security code that we gave you to get you into this building. You're that gonna, was a one time use. That's been changed. Uh, <laughs> I'm a lover and a fighter. Uh-huh. Uh, can't why can't you be both? You know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah. Well, not at the same time. That'd be weird. <laughs> That's be weird for everybody. Pretty sure they'll prosecute you for that. But yeah. it, it, you know, it was a, it, it wasn't really fat. Actually, we got a lot of places. You know what they came up with for me? It's like, well, because of what you do as a collaborator, you're a Renaissance man. That's what you were trying to say. No, I didn't want to say no. I was just like, I just think Wait a minute, you don't think you think Renaissance man is more pretentious than what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say Renaissance man. That sounds horrible. <laughs> what I said was, I'm King David. <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't breathe. I didn't say that at all. Yeah. Listener, listener, I didn't say that. Okay. And I didn't even mean that. I just meant like, whatever happened to the idea? <laughs> I did say whatever happened in a previous call to the idea of a renaissance man. Yeah. Why, why do we have to – this is like – okay, sorry, leadership people out there with podcasts much larger than ours. I understand you're really great at what you do, and I'm jealous of you. Yeah. Not that your podcast is larger, but that it's it's all so simple. Well, or some it's people so just pick a lane. You. They just pick a lane and they go, yeah. I'm going to go deep into this subgenre of things. Yeah, like you have clarity on – They find what, a, a niche. You have clarity about your niche or your lane. Right. And I don't have clarity about that. Like I've yeah. never been able you – know, right. I, I, just, I just haven't. Uh, and, and they were kind of like – it's kind of like what you do is you help other people in their niches and lanes. Like that's a big part of the collaboration yeah. side. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about the podcast. They were like, I was like, I don't think Johnny would have started his own podcast if we hadn't done it together. Right. You know, and that's so for sure. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't have if you hadn't. Like, I've been trying to get out of this one. Right. You, you won't let me I, go. There's a contract. Uh, yeah. And I'm not. Yeah. Awkward. But like, you know, that's good that we get to help each other. Like I do best when. When we're mutually, mutually, or mutually, <laughs> mutually is when you're mooching off of someone yeah. and you're both doing it's it. It's mutually beneficial. <laughs> two two guys two who are guys. living, who are sharing like a basement apartment. It's mutually beneficial. Right. Like both of their moms own that apartment. We just wrote a new sitcom for NBC. There you go. Um, but like, I think I do best at this point in life yeah. in those places when I'm helping somebody with their story, you know? And so they actually made the sentence. It was like, it was really, it's really interesting. They summed you up. They boiled you down. Well, he, he goes, well, he said, well, say this, this is a lot longer of a sentence. <laughs> we wanted <laughs> like, a couple sentences from you. You have broken this them. This is a trend. You broke our system. It was, okay. And, and I, I would be hilarious if they listened because they're so, they were so great, dude. They're yeah. so great. John helps message bearers craft their authentic, God-given message by bringing research, good writing, and humor to help them do something they couldn't do themselves. So, but it was also like, hey, also though, yeah, for us, like that means there's nothing for us to do right now. Oh, okay, we want to keep talking, but like it means like there's not a key, right? Go, you're helping others do the key thing. What was the the old product BASF? We don't make a lot of the products you use. We make, make a lot of the products you use better. better. Yeah, yeah. So. But they they felt like that there's a message, and and I think I've done a few. There's there's things that are still brewing in me that might it might be time for me to be one of the ones taking those other things. But I like doing that. So yeah, I don't I don't. And the other thing here's the term though. 
you know what they, you know what they called me? It's What's like, that? what you are, you're an expert generalist. Yeah. An Jack expert, of all trades. Expert generalist. I was like, wow, no one's ever, like I've wrestled with this for so long. And now I'm, I do feel pretentious saying expert. expert generalist. It means you're really good at not being good at anything. You're generally good. <laughs> you're just, you're, <laughs> if mediocrity can yeah. be measured, you are the highest mediocre person yeah. that we've ever met. It's like I did a thing for denomination one time and it was called the General Baptist. That was the denomination. Uh-huh. And so when I got there, I was like, I said this in the microphone. I go, so you guys don't believe anything specific? <laughs> they did not like that. They, if you've ever met the General Baptist, I'm not sure that was the joke. In general, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> no, they, they were good. They, had, they were good sports about it. No, I mean. I said I, it's so much better than that Dollar General Baptist. Those people. Oh. Good. It's like a knockoff. That's not. Get out of here with that. DG gospel. Dollar General Baptist. That's good. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? What you say about that is true. I, when I feel the most uh, whole in what I do, it is when I'm using my voice and my jokes and my dumb stuff that I wrote to help like an organization raise a bunch of money that'll help people. Yeah. So when I do fundraisers, I did a fundraiser this weekend for a drug and alcohol rehab center in Virginia Beach. And I was hearing some of the stories and the guys, some of the guys got up that were, have been through their 90 day recovery program and they were doing cardboard testimonies. And one of them had a sign and on one side, it said 45 years drunk. And then he flipped it over and it said five months sober wow. and it made me cry. And it's like me being here with my dumb jokes. And then that guy gets up and does his thing. Mm-hmm. I entertained them while they ate. Then he gets up and got to, got to tell his story. Yeah. And now they raised 70 grand or something that night. Wow. And I was a part of it. And it's just like, that's, it feels good because that's how it's supposed to feel. That's when we're set, we're stepping into exactly what God has put there for us. You yeah. Know? And these guys had that sort of God perspective on things. Yeah. Like there was something I had done. I'm not going to say what it is that wasn't wrong or anything, but in, in the platform building world, and yeah. he, he made this comment. I so I hope he's listening. He said, Hey, how did that Ishmael experience work out for you? Yeah, it was like a really pointed, like you know, you God has a plan for your life. You're just gonna have to walk it out, right? You know, and the plan. I think we have to be comfortable. The plan may not be for me to ever be a hero. Yeah, like the, I don't need to be the hero of the story, and that's what's hard when you're in, you know, you're in uh, industries or creative endeavors. That yeah, man, I want my book to be the number one best selling book. I want to reach millions of people. I want to reach millions of people for for good reasons, not yeah. just selfish reasons. I have them both, <laughs> but you know, uh, and if it doesn't do well enough, that's always that thing. Then you don't get to keep doing it. And I, I had to confess that like, that's always for me, the book sales is less about money or the book doing well, more about it. It gives the credibility to get to keep doing this. Right. You know, like when you start feeling like something's your one shot. So I had to step back. I did that in recovery a lot. Like this book is not my one shot. Andrew actually spoke that to me during Not So Black and White being released because I had a whole lot happening. There. Yeah, that was it's the, heavy. The yeah. biggest book I'd been a part of uh-huh. as myself, uh, important topic, and I was very frustrated that my platform wasn't going to take it to more people. You know, And he finally looked at me one day, he goes, hey, you're aware that Not So Black and White is not like your one shot. And it really got to me because mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah, but it, the next thing for me always feels like the big shot. Like, don't yeah. don't blow this. you know? Right. You're incrementally climbing. Right. So you feel like for every level, you're like, 
oh, now I'm in a level where I'm not big enough to push this where it needs to go. Right. It's a big project. And do I deserve it? You get that weird, you know, uh, imposter syndrome kicks in. I never feel like I deserve it. Yeah. Ever. But I do feel like, will my effort be deserving of its sustaining? Yeah. Like, okay, I've been giving some, I've been given something that I don't deserve. Will I do what's necessary now, now not to deserve it, but to be a good steward of it, uh, to, to earn the right for it to do well? Um, and that's the whole, I think, what does God require of me and what can I just rest in that he's going to do? Right. <laughs> if you just sit back and only rest, like Johnny, if you don't send an email today to your agent, if you don't send an email to a place to book a show for next year, Mm-hmm. You can't just sit around, right, and be like, God's going to just bring right. shows. I'm going to let the game come to me. Right. I mean, I got to, I got to, you know, I can't just, and, and that's what, you know, they were saying, like, maybe it wasn't, maybe it's not time for this particular book on this topic. You know, yeah. you have the stuff to say. Maybe it's not your time. I'm like, yeah, but if I don't write that, I'll wait forever, one, uh-huh. or two, I won't learn how to write that kind of book. So it's almost like I have to learn how to write those by doing those, which means I'm going to have to fail out in the open. Yeah, I'm going to have to like not be good at this in a place where you're not allowed to not be good at things. Yeah, I was talking with um, a comedian named Jen Fulweiler, who's kind of become this viral sensation over the past few years, and she's newer at stand-up. She was an author and a podcaster, mm-hmm. and now she's doing these theaters, And so she's kind of doing her first big tours and I'm going out as an opener for her. And she's so sweet. And we were having this conversation the other day about like imposter syndrome and just like her dealing with selling tickets well in some cities and not in others and, and being very vulnerable on stage, trying to write the material now, because you write this material that gets you the gigs. And now the people come to see your gigs and you need new material. So she's trying to write and she was feeling creatively blocked. And I was asking her, well, what did you do? She went to like five different therapists to get techniques to get herself unblocked. And one of the things she said to me that really got to me, she talked about like, um, it's almost like evolutionary, like going back to caveman days, like being seen was the most scary thing hmm. because like a, you know, a wildebeest or a woolly tooth, a woolly mammoth could eat you or whatever. Or a woolly tooth mammoth. A woolly tooth wildebeest. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of dangers in the old country, John. <laughs> But she said, like, there's still that caveman in yeah. us that says, don't expose yourself yeah. and don't show people the ooey gooey parts of you because they will reject you or you're, le- you're leaving yourself open to attack. Yeah. And here we go out under a spotlight and say our deepest, darkest in front of thousands of people sometimes, sometimes 12 people, but it's always vulnerable if you're doing it right. And... um it's still scary, even if you're really good at it. It's still the scariest thing. And I told her that thing that we've talked about before about community, which is uh, to be fully known is our strongest desire and our biggest fear. Yeah, like to be fully known by someone is what you're really going for. That's the real connection. But it's also it's where the good stuff is. Yeah. But it's also the scariest thing to do. And why some people don't do it, it's the whole. Did Thoreau, uh, I can't remember who said it, said most men die with their song still in them. Mm-hmm. And it's why. It's because I can't let this song out. It, yeah. What if it's not good? You know? Yeah, there has to be some level. Um, like, it, like a, I've been listening to a lot of Rich Mullins lately. 
Yeah. And I think Rich Mullins is so good because he was aware he didn't belong here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And he got better the more broken he wrote on his way to something better. It's, yeah. It's, it's almost eerie, but it's almost like he couldn't. And, and the whole point of it was not what he wrote. It was that that was actually inside. Mm-hmm. And then he was also able to express. Right. But by the time he expressed, he didn't care about your opinion of his expression. Yeah. That, that, I think that's that, that entire, like, you know, <laughs> you, you read these stories of someone who's super wealthy who towards the end of their life comes to realize that the wealth meant nothing, mm-hmm. you know, or they misused it for the wrong reasons. And this was all that made them happy. But we all still be like, yeah, yeah, but I need the chance to learn that lesson. <laughs> all right. It may be different for me. Yeah. I do I have, have to that. go through the Yeah. Like you still want the thing that you know won't, won't satisfy, but it's like humanity. And so when you meet, or hear someone's art that are expressing they really have that inside, but then you realize they they probably don't need you to validate it. Mm-hmm. It's it's so striking. Yeah, that you go, you know, how do you how do yeah. you? you well, know? and that's kind of what confidence is. And if you're a speaker, it's almost like, well, this guy doesn't care what anybody thinks about him. I like him. Right. It's like you acquire the thing. Right at the time when you seem to care about it. at least now some people can fake confidence. That's part of the deal. Yeah. We've talked about that before in my journey at that. I feel confident in my material now enough to get through a show without just having panic attacks. But in the beginning, I knew that I had to be confident to get laughs, but I wasn't confident. So I would fake it. I would do the my impression of a confident comedian. Yeah. So I was just yeah. an impressionist. Mm-hmm. And then after you get enough laughs with those same jokes you're like oh these work and now my confidence is in that but it's not in myself really yeah you never feel 100% comfortable people that feel 100% comfortable on stage I don't understand that because I'm always thinking how do I make that next group happy how do I what's the next thing I'm going to say okay this worked but this did there's a monitor going on I'm hearing the it's like you talked about last episode with the click tracks in your head about the next verse coming Mm -hmm. I'm hearing that too and you are too as you preach you're going all right why aren't they connecting? Uh, in the service, the first service, they leaned in when I said this. Why didn't they lean in this time? Right. And you're trying to talk yourself out of where you're going. I do that now, but there's a confidence and a swagger because I believe in what I've written that I can purvey on stage. And it makes people lean in and they go, there's something about this guy. But it took years and years and years. And now I've met comics who really don't care. And those are some of my favorite people. They're so funny because they just don't care. And they, also probably not the kind of people you would have a great daily relationship with right. necessarily. Ne- right. Maybe not. Right. They're, that's true. Uh, if, if I don't relate to people who are supremely confident right, or supremely like aloof mm-hmm. because, like you said, that might make for a good performer and it might make for a terrible father. Yeah, You know, I mean, I'm watching this documentary about Johnny Carson, who's probably one of the best entertainers of our, the previous generation. Yeah. And there's no doubt. I mean, and he could connect and he could make he could make any act that came on his stage look good. He knew exactly the right question. He knew when to get out of the way. He knew when to intervene. He was always had the funniest lines. He had the best monologues. 
and evidently was just a heel, just cheated on all of his wives, was a, such a negligent dad, no relationship with his kids, like just not a great guy. But you, nobody ever knew that because he was good at kind of covering all that up. And this was back in that generation where there's no social media. Right. So you can just be – he's a famous person. He's untouchable. Now, we want to touch famous people. Right. But it's just odd to think that juxtapositions going on where, yeah, like you said, you kind of gain the whole world. But you're like, yeah, but what's going on in there? You know? Yeah, it's hard. Um, so I want to uh, be both. I want to be like confident in what I do, but also be humble enough to go, this was handed to me. It's a gift. And right. off stage, I need to be able to be vulnerable and be real with people and be there for people. Yeah. Tom Hanks said that one time in an interview, and I've never heard a, a famous person say anything like this. They said, do you have any regrets? And I think he thought, I think the interviewer thought he's going to say, I regret doing, you know, Excellent. the Da Vinci Code or right. whatever. And or uh, what was the one he did? The Bonfire of the Vanities was the most famous bomb yeah. that he did. A all-star cast and a huge bomb based on a book, and it bombed. He said... I wish I'd been a better friend over the last 30 years. And I never heard anybody famous say anything like that. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody since then say anything like that. Yeah. I wish I'd been a better friend. You're like, you're Tom Hanks. Right. People just are going to have to understand you got to be shooting a movie in Milan or whatever, wherever yeah. you're headed next. They'll just get it. But no, even he felt like, no, I blew it. I, I took advantage sometimes. And, uh, I have a friend, uh, Jason Earls, and he said that one time in a, a note on our Facebook wall to like a group of comedians. And he said, don't use your time that you need to be spending with your family as an excuse. Uh, don't use like I've got to go right an excuse to get away from your family and don't use your family as an excuse when you know you need to be creating something. That's the balance we have to strike. Yeah. So it's so easy to get into that thing of like, I'm here, I'm at dinner and I want to be present. But. Anytime I want to get out of this awkward conversation, I can be like, well, I got to go finish that sketch I'm working on, or I got to, you know, I got that show tomorrow, so I got to punch up this stuff. You can get out of it. Yeah. But don't do that. Interesting. Don't retreat. Yeah. The balance is really hard. Um, it, 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 there is a, like, and you said the word, I mean, humility, I think, remains the central trait that still is striking to us when we see it with uh, mixed with successful people. Cause I think it's so hard to maintain for all of us, much yeah. less if someone has some great, you know, societal success, if you sense humility, I think what people like about Jimmy Fallon is a perceived humility. Uh -huh. You know, he's, he's what, 10 years in now, I think to the tonight show. Right. Maybe. Yeah. And he still acts like that. He's getting to do his dream job every day and he can't believe he got there. There's that feeling. He's really good at it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, really good. I mean, the bits that they pull off and write them, you know, it's unbelievable. But when he interviews, there's that feeling, you know, uh, that he's he's really grateful to be there. Right. He feels it feels like one of us is getting to interview a famous person. Right. Uh, even though he's way more talented than almost all of us. He even get if there's a critique of him. It's that he is too boisterous and too effusive. He laughs too hard at the sure. joke. Uh, that's a throwaway joke that the person says or he claps his hands and is a little bit of a nerd and a goofball. Well, yeah, but the audience is, that's probably, yeah. that's, that's probably the connection a, point. A, a critique coming from professionals. Yeah. But right. professionals are not the ones he's trying to reach. Right. That's not the ratings right. getter. Yeah. That's not the one he's trying to reach anyway. Yeah. I don't know. It's very, yeah. uh, you don't like Jimmy Fallon and I don't know what I got to a do problem with, with Fallon and I'm coming for his job. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. Would you ever want to host a show like that? Would you think you'd be any good at it? It's really hard. 
It's be very hard. I would love. Listen, I love to try everything. That's well, even sort when of I my, did, even when I did an interview, I did an interview for because I'm thinking of launching like a solo thing that's just an interview based with uh, other comedians because I travel with so many other comedians. Wow, sometimes. you just dropped that bomb. But Sorry. I was trying to put start putting those interviews together, and I did one the other day with a comedian friend who's a dear friend of mine, and I don't know him like super well, so I thought I can ask a bunch of questions. And I remember thinking to myself, this is a lot harder than just talking to John. You oh, know? interviewing it's, is it's so a, much harder. It's a lot harder because I wanted to get out of the way, but then I thought, well, I need to keep this moving. So I felt a responsibility to make it interesting without being over, without steamrolling. Yeah. And I don't feel that with you. I just feel like I'm just going to steamroll and John will forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, we're the, our podcast is about to, is about to take, it's on, about to be steamrolled. It's about to take on oh, no. n- some new partnership. I'll put it that way. Mm. And one of the questions in our conversations, we've really been evaluating how listeners feel about the podcast. And there are times we have guests on. Those yeah. are often, often not our highest downloaded right. episodes because it gets so crowded with two of us plus yeah. sometimes one to two others. And we still do that. But I just, one of the things that I, it's more natural for us to have the conversation that we've, I think we're both kind of deep relationship people. Yeah. Like I don't, I, it's so funny. It's, it's some, some of the hallmark of a six is that you just, you, you might do, um, small talk, but it's not like he feels inauthentic. Like you do it, but yeah. I only feel inauthentic. I'm fine with small talk with people. I don't know that well, small talk with people that I'm supposed to know better than this, or we've known each other long enough. We shouldn't be having just small talk anymore. And now feels inauthentic. That's the way it is for me. Right. Like if, if, if we just only have shallow conversation about the game and never have another acknowledgement of anything else in life, that at some point I start to become suspicious of this relationship or this friendship. And I'm learning to have levels. Everything is not the center of the circle. Some people, small talk is like a, a love language almost with them. They yeah. they feel engaged by it or whatever. Or yeah. they feel like left out if they're not just like or they just love talking about the weather. It's not small talk to them. Exactly. It's big. And I have to be okay that they're made differently than me, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that to them necessarily. Right. That yeah. that's been where I think they need The world does not revolve around you, John. Is that what you're discovering? Well, I mean I discovered it does. Oh, okay. But that I'm wrong. So uh, uh, about that. That is a, you, you know what's funny? You said to, you mentioned the game. We've not mentioned the game. What is happening? We've How went, much we've grown? That as, we, did, we didn't even take the chance to say that UT beat Florida. Early episodes of this podcast would have focused the entire podcast on that one lead, thing. Well, what it have been the, the week before would have been the lead up to it and right. the imminent dread that we're going to somehow lose the game. Okay, did you not have the same dread? I had the dread the whole game. Because everybody... It ruined the game because everybody that was not a UT fan was texting me. Dude, what an amazing game. And I said, you don't understand. It's not over. It's not amazing. It was awful because I kept waiting for the bottom to drop out every time. But even beforehand, this is the forecasting, everyone picked us to win. Yeah. Some picked us to win by like 17. Right, right, right. And I, you and I were texting each other like, where are the people with, it's a trap. with brains? Mm. Like until we actually beat Florida a few times, everyone shut up. Yeah. Like you should just be humble. But And then I said also though. Florida gets picked every year to beat us, and then they just do it. Yeah. So, so if you want to be in those conversations, you're gonna you got to be it. okay to get. You got to win the games you're supposed to win, right? And we did, but I'm telling you what, they made it interesting. It came down to the last play. We were up by 17 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then we found a way. We found a way to make it close somehow. I, you don't want to say this. Okay. Florida found a way too, though. And and this is what I said Sunday. They made plays. I said this last Sunday at the church. I did talk about football a little bit in my sermon, and 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 everyone, my sermon's entitled "Florida Finds a Way." <laughs> I was like, what happens with Florida is 
like suddenly we can't walk and chew gum at the same time, mm-hmm. and they trip over their shoelaces and accidentally score a touchdown. Uh-huh. It's like you realize two out of the last five years they've won on a last play like Hail Mary or pass that we should have easily defended or been able to tackle somebody. Yeah, Two out of the last five. And there have been others, and some I read some articles on like all this. Like, it's insane how suddenly it's we've been very snake bit. The rules of gravity don't work anymore. It's like and, that gator on the helmet is worth an extra touchdown in but, our minds. But it's even, like a mental block. Like Felipe Franks, their quarterback, who honestly was not that great, looked like a Heisman candidate against us. And same thing this time. Anthony yeah. Richardson had had a horrible. He had a good first game, and then he right. horrible the next two. And he has Johnny. 453 yards. That's a lot. He threw against us. Yeah. Four, I mean, our vaunted defense. And then our, I mean. And not I, vaunted and I, anymore. I'm not going to call out the name, but there was one guy I was sending you, like the guy is the, in one play, well, sorry, in two plays he missed three tackles somehow. Yeah. In two plays he missed three tackles. Like he went after the quarterback, missed him. Yeah. The guy threw the ball on mm-hmm. a fourth down conversion. They can, what, converted how many fourth downs? Five, I think. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So, then after he missed the quarterback and allowed the guy to complete the pass, then he went to tackle the guy he threw the ball to. He missed that tackle, too. And then I was like, guys, someone – and, of course, you know. We if had, it had been you, you would have made that. I would have made that tackle. Can we, can we tell the story of the time that we were playing football in the churchyard, <laughs> and I catch a pass, and I'm running. You're the only one standing between me and the end zone. It's like all the kids cleared out because it was like John I'm, on Johnny. I'm probably 260. You're easy. Easily 265, I was maybe. probably 160. Yeah. <laughs> and you're there to make the open field tackle. <laughs> it was like a slow-mo movie. I think I lowered my shoulder and I pancaked you. You fell down flat on your back, and then I literally like walked over you, like Allen Iverson walked over the guy Tyloo in the, the finals game. I, I walked something. over you, and then walked into the end zone. It was legendary, and the kids never let it was me a moment that down. You had to stop being youth pastor. Uh, I was a youth we pastor can't. yet. Oh, okay. We were just youth leaders. <laughs> it was in Knoxville. It's amazing you got the job after that. I turned around. The kids still respected you, and yeah, you absolutely just leveled me. That was a big moment for me. Why I was not an athletic kid growing but, up but, but Johnny, i was like you know what but neither was i so That's why true. was that a, such a big moment i just don't know it's just a, it's like a i'm fun- gonna go flatten this guy 100 pounds less than me <sighs> and like what six inches shorter i'm just gonna run him over i, I just i get it i see and why now. i couldn't just wrap up your legs i'm not sure but your legs came over me like mm-hmm. like the legs of a dinosaur or something it was just like <laughs> it was like these were unstoppable you just you really did you just uh they call me old dinosaur legs <laughs> to this day I'm a woolly tooth mammoth. Jeez, man. Yeah, that was. Uh... Yeah. And you know what you were thinking in your head? Like, I should have played football. But what you weren't realizing was, is someone else would have tackled you. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, oh, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It was a bad, other people. A bad... Anybody with any football skill at all would have brought me down. <laughs> it was the exact right really, person that was anyone, in my way. Anyone, a small child, anyone, really. <laughs> uh, a, a puppy could have tripped you, anything. <laughs> That's how it felt. A tree root, had it been in my way, could have stopped me. <laughs> a pebble. <laughs> um, it was uh, a strong breeze. Yeah. No, you know, that's how you feel about Florida. Like, suddenly, uh-huh. and when they, when they recovered that onside kick, right. we should have won by 17 or more. And then they came down and scored, and now, but inexplicably, they just kept going for two yeah. when it didn't matter. He could have cut the. He could have cut it to ten. Instead, he tried to cut it to nine. Right. 
And it was like... Make no sense. Well, because he thought he's going to win now on a touchdown and a field goal. But it's like, yeah, this is too early to make that call. Like, try to get the one you got right. twice. So then because he did it the first time, he had to do it the second time. Yeah. And they missed on both two-point conversions. And so now... We should have won by 11, which is an odd number to win by. And it was what the spread was. So all the gamblers oh, were out there going. you know they're freaking out. Yeah. I think it was 10 and a half, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think it was 11 by the start of the game. Okay. Though. And like, and by the way, Ramel Keaton, who's basically the backup, he's a senior year, and he's never, he's, he's a great receiver. But he had his breakout game finally, and I yeah. actually called it. I was like, Keaton has to have a big game because... Uh, Cedric Tillman is our lead. I mean, he's like all of he's all SEC, right? Best player, probably unbelievable player, and he's out with a knee injury, not for the season, but for a few games, probably. And I hope we have him back for LSU. But bro, Ramel Keaton, that's the best catch I've seen a Tennessee player make yeah. in maybe five years. I mean, he stretched out for that. Where he ball. laid totally out and totally. still tucked the ball. Unbelievable. I mean, perfect catch. It was the kind of play Florida usually yes, makes against would us. Would have made it against us. And Hinden, we were Florida in this game. Hinden Hooker, yeah, un, he's like truly in the Heisman conversation, which I'm also nervous about. It's still, yeah, only four I mean, it's going to happen again. The Peyton Manning thing's going to happen again, where he doesn't get it because we're Peyton Manning. When he got it, he to beat Florida. Yeah, it's true. He did win the SEC that year. So you're saying he only has himself to blame, and he'll never be anything? No, I'm saying like, unfortunately, are you saying Peyton Manning's not going to be successful? Guys, bring Peyton on the podcast. I want to talk about this. No, I'm saying, I'm saying that, and they said it the other night, like. No matter how good you are, if your team is not in contention, yeah, then you're probably not going to win the Heisman, which I think is kind of garbage because it's not supposed to be a team award. It's supposed yeah. to be who was the best player. I could see losing two games or three games would knock you out, but just losing one key game shouldn't knock you out. Of, well, but, unless you just throw five interceptions. But in the SEC, if you're up against you know, yeah. Bryce Thompson, right? I don't know. What's his name? The quarterback who won last year. Bryce? Bryce. Is, is it, it Bryce? Oh, my gosh. I don't know, John. Guys, I'm sorry. Heisman winner in 2021. Siri, who won the Heisman in 2021? Bryce Young. Sorry, I said Thompson. My bad, guys, Alabama fans, but I, I'm not a big fan of Alabama, but amazing player. Okay, Johnny has started. I don't know what, <laughs> what was I that? I asked Siri something, and then they started playing this song. Anywho, I think it's Billie Eilish. Anyway, all right. If if Bryce Young, Billie Eilish was quarterback of the Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> if Bryce Young and they've gone, you know, eleven and zero, right? And Tennessee has gone nine and two mm-hmm. at that point, or so, or call it more realistically, eight and three or something. And they have the same yards. Like, you're going to give it to the guy who, right. in theory, won more games. Now, sure. he's all surrounded. He is surrounded by and five rounded. stars. And rounded. But like Kids when, with dinosaur legs, when, probably. When one five-star gets gets injured on their team, yeah. there are two five-stars backing up the one five-star. Yeah. On ours, we have, like, two five-stars. So you're five saying stars. we need to recruit better. No, no. I'm saying that I think Nick Saban made some sort of deal with the devil. And I'm not sure. I mean, do you not believe that? I don't know. I mean, it's one of those. It wasn't like the one you said where you're like, yeah, you know, you can learn guitar chords. You know, no. Immediately he started winning. Yeah, and he did. Maybe he's a better coach. But I like. Well, I mean, this I think there's no doubt at this point. Conspiracy Saban's theory. the best coach ever. Probably. I think this other spiritual conspiracy theory makes better sense to me. I mean, if I want to follow along with sort of the way our nation tends to process information and facts right now, right, it'd be easier to say that Satan made a deal with the devil than to just say he's a much better coach. Fulfilling than he works the prophecy, he'll open the. 
Seventh Seal. Right. This and then Bryce That's Young will come running out with okay. a basket of and then locusts. Billy Eilish movie know. music will play. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I don't think Saban. Saban is fine. fine. Get please get Aflac. Protect yourselves. Sorry. I did I do like that commercial where he's like you hear that goat. Yeah. He goes, Is that a goat? And it and it goes over. Have you uh, seen this? Deion commercial? Sanders goes, You're talking to me. Doing me. And he's like, ding. And, and he has a little, I want to do a video where, where like, there's our a teeth, gleam on your our teeth. Are the thing. I don't think my teeth are white enough. My teeth are clean and well, I have good teeth. Well, they add that in. They're straight. You don't have to do the ding. Oh, it's not. No, it's like, you can't get your teeth animated. white enough to actually gleam? No, I've never seen it. Okay. I guess if you sh- I've been wanting something I can't even have. If you then. shone or shine, shone, shone a light. Wow, that's a tough one. If you shined a light. Yeah. Shone. You shone bright as the sun. It's, no, it's that's gotta not. be shine to the. So you add that in post. It reminds me of. We need to add it to the podcast. Ding. Well, now that we have video, we can. We're not going to. All right, fine. It's not too late. I mean, if you want to learn how to do stuff. Thanks for listening on, on video and watching on video. If you're listening and watching there, it's available. For I feel you. that you're thinking. Like I'm overthinking this. No, that you're thinking people that don't exist. But I, I could be wrong, guys. Prove us wrong. Yeah. Go to Subscribe. the YouTube channel. Go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com dot com where you mm. can find all of our archived episodes. Over two hundred of those bad boys. Oh boy, they're piling up, man. They're piling, the only thing to do is to start whittling down that by listening. They're piling up faster than Tennessee's wins. You can four and zero, John. Technically, they're piling up at exactly the same rate because we both do that. Weekly. That's true. It's every week. Four and zero though. That's a lot to live up to. First time since 2016. We're going to beat LSU. No, uh, I feel good about it because this will come out the week. This will come out the week after that. I feel good about it because we have the bye week. I'm going to hopefully be in Cancun. You're going to be in Amelia Island when this comes Anna out. Anna Marie Island. Yeah. Anna Marie Island. Is Amelia Island? That's yeah, another one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't go there. There's mortal enemies. Oh really? Oh, they have gosh. a There's land like war. Pirate ships and interesting. Yeah, but it's. Uh, I do feel good. I think I'll be watching LSU game at the beach. That's that's a dream, by the way. When I ever got to watch a UT game at the beach, yeah, like the level of relaxation. Unless we lose, and then it ruins the whole vacation. Right. I'm just kidding. You go punch a wall. I'm knock down your daughter's sandcastle. <laughs> That's what ne- you get. Next time you'll think about it or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, if you could catch a ball. Oh, sorry, Sadie. <laughs> I didn't know I was talking to you. I, Daddy blacked out for a second. <laughs> but hopefully um, when this comes out, we're going to be in, both of us will be you, in respective paradises. You realize if we go 5-0, and oh, yeah. we'll probably be a top, because we're now number eight, we'll probably okay. be a top five team heading into a top five matchup with Alabama. I don't like that. The next week. I don't like that. At home. Oh, it's at home. Yeah. Okay. We could checkerboard again the stadium. Whew. And I think they go Smoky Gray's that game, or and they go. We cut the head off the serpent. I think we already. I think that was the alligator. Oh, okay. What do you really do? You cut the head off the. You don't want to say elephant because I love elephants. Yeah, why would we do that? Right. But they do have fine ivory that can be used for things. That's true, but. It's but that's not, illegal now. We cut the head off the the wave. It's a tide. It's a. We stop the crimson tide. Don't isn't crimson tide? Which is what they're trying to do now with this hurricane. I was you got to stop it. Bring in the crimson the, tide into like it's weird because the crimson tide is blood, right? And that it's a reference to war, right? I don't know if it is or not. Crimson tide is the wave of blood. We well, have a green, you know, like in Nashville. There's you know Gallatin is a town north of Nashville, and it's the mm-hmm. Gallatin Green Wave. Right. I don't think that. That's meant, no. It's bile. That's. <laughs> 
They <laughs> the, they're going to punch you right in the liver, and then you just you vomit bile. bile. Wow. Yeah, it's a move that those they kids really thought it. You would think they'd be undefeated, but no, no. You ever, yeah, it's slippery stuff out there. Anyway, we're going to stop the Crimson Tide. I think this is our year. Oh, Johnny, I think this, I said it. Okay, if we beat LSU, we'll talk then because place your bets, gentlemen. Get bleed, your it's a Johnny W. Lead pipe lock. We're going to have to tackle a little better than the last game against. Look, the only hope at that point is to just outscore them. It's just going to be outscore people. So yeah. we can do that. You have they, to, wait a minute. You have to outscore people to win. If they, pl- I know we haven't had coaches that realize that. Okay. Up to now, like they're no, no, no. We're going to hold the ball. Let's run and not up the lose. middle again, right? Yeah. And if we just hold the ball longer than them, you know, and that is a way you can not lose and technically win. But Heupel's like, you know what? We're going to try to do. If we have thirty seconds left, we're yeah. going to try to score again. Would you say he's living up to the Heupel? Mm, come on, guys. That is a Won't homophone. That? I think because they're spelled Humming different. In? They're spelled different. I don't remember the – I don't oh, – guys. Guys, we know that regardless of what we forget on the show, that you remember every week to listen. And it means a lot. So make sure you check out that website, talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Go to our link trees. You can find all about us, John's books, my dumb social media. Follow oh, me there. I got so a new dumb. camera, so I'm taking new photos on Instagram. Oh. Follow my dumb memes and terrible photography on Instagram.com. Yes, yes. That's a great pitch for all of that. Be listening for new and exciting information about the podcast. Also, had a new book come out a few weeks ago that I collaborated on called More Than Your Number uh, by Beth and Jeff McCord. It's, uh, if you want an introduction to the Enneagram or you're an Enneagram enthusiast and you're thinking what's next, it integrates a lot of the, the internal family systems sort of language into the Enneagram in a gospel setting in a way we kind of talk about sometimes on the podcast. So go check it out, man. Go to Amazon, leave them a review. It's a great book. Really proud of that book and uh, excited for the McCords that become great friends. So got another book coming out next month. I'll tell you guys about as well with some really, really amazing stories. So, you know, stuff's always happening. Check out Johnny's dry bar, man. Johnny's Dry Bar is blowing up. So many clips. Uh, search me on YouTube. So many clips. Search him and know if him. you follow me on... <laughs> to try me. Know my mind. If you uh, search for me on uh, social media, though, like I put I put out like two new clips a week now. So they're really coming out at a very consistent clip now. In addition to a podcast episode. We're, listen, we're the hard, hardest working men in showbiz. Hey, guys. Over here. I mean... James I'm Brown? Hardest... No, thank you. No, yeah. yeah we... John and Johnny. We're getting it done. We're getting it done. No one like drapes a cape over me when I get done with my performance like James Brown, though. Yeah, wouldn't I think, great? Wouldn't that be something like a little pizzazz? You yeah. hire a guy just to do that? Yeah. He's just the cape guy, then he just gets in an Uber and goes home? Yeah. I'm down for it. Okay. Him and the capo boy. Mm-hmm. Brings out the capo and you're good. Three key changes. Yeah. He runs off. <laughs> hey, guys, we're running off as well. So we'll see you next week on Talk About That. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.